It's the Dogcast, episode number 345. That's right, it's the Georgia Tech post-game show. Hey, we're only like a month late. fans hey it's the dog cast number three four five three forty five hey this is the george state post game show a uh, big win for the dogs a uh, double overtime uh, you know it's just a little late with the show hey huge let win. me huge what's win. that Again, huge, huge I, I, win it's a huge win i mean you know there we are playing another top 10 team taking them to overtime i mean what a fantastic showing we had a, a, a track meet a passing I, shootout. Vad Lee, Vad the Impaler. Man, uh, we, I, I tell you what, only only our defensive secondary could take a man that's over 2,000 years old and basically can only come out during the day once or twice a year and turn him into the second coming of Joe Namath. Vad the Impaler throws for more yards throwing. Hell, we turned Paul, we turned Paul Johnson into a believer in the – in the damn fun and gun, were, were they running the fun and gun down there, old dog? They. <laughs> I don't what know was that? that? What what kind of offense was that? That was the holy crap! These guys are easy to throw on. Let's yes. just throw it. Hell, even I, I can throw it. I'm bad, the impaler. I think so. I mean, it just what a. I mean, it was great that we won. It was wonderful that we came back from being 20 points down. It was absolutely distressing and nauseous that we were 20 points down to Georgia Tech. I mean. Listen, you know, we said before the game, old dog, these guys hate us. They want to win. They're going to bring their best. And, and we were did, starting and, a brand new quarterback. We were starting the same defense we've started all year, and you know and, how that works and, out. And, and in lies the problem. Yeah, we had Damian Swan back there. I mean, we're starting a Damian Swan on defense. I mean, come on. You know, all that, I can all I can say is thank heavens for Todd Gurley, and thank heavens he decided to come because I tell you. By the time their careers are over, the best thing that Keith Marshall will have ever done for the University of Georgia is bring his friend Todd Gurley along. <laughs> and and I just want to clear something up right now for our Dollcast listeners. We need to quit talking about Gurley and Marshall like they're one person or like they're running back 1A and 1B. Keith Marshall cannot carry Todd Gurley's jock strap. That doesn't mean that Keith Marshall ain't a bad running back. He's he's okay. But it's it's akin to Herschel Walker and Tron Jackson. Wow. Wow. Echoes 
Boy, you're awakening the echoes right there, man. You're invoking some heavy-duty names there, man. Dropping big names. And let me guess, you're saying Gurley is more like the Herschel Walker type and Keith Marshall is more like the Tron Jackson. Is is that where that comes down in Keith, that analogy? Keith, Keith Marshall is an adequate backup. And, I mean, and, and maybe, hopefully he will recover 110%. From his from and come his back and score a lot of touchdowns for us. Come, I mean, well, you know, like I said, I mean, he's, he's... I, I think it's going to be kind of like Hudson Mason and Aaron Murray. The best thing that Keith Marshall can hope for is his friend Todd Gurley turns pro after next year, which if I'm Todd Gurley, I certainly would, and then that's going to give Marshall a year to shine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or not. But yeah. it will give him a year if some of these new guys coming in don't don't outshine him. But that's going to be his hope because there is no way that he is of the same caliber running back that Todd Gurley is. And it is so just funny to me that Marshall out of high school was the higher rated of the two. Just shows you how good these recruiting, uh, you know, stars and combines and all that crap is. Well, speaking of a guy who had a lot of stars. Let's talk for about seven seconds about Shaq Fluker. Uh, unhappy, leaving the program, not happy about his amount of playing time. You know, if Shaq Fluker is better than any of the DBs we've got on the field, then he should have been playing more. And I'll tell you, if he's not better than any of the DBs we've got on the field, he needs to learn a trade quickly. Well, here's, Would you agree? Here's- I, absolutely. And I mean, I'm thinking, this is my thinking on that. Um, and, and Shaq Fluker's mindset is probably unfortunately where mine is right now. But I mean, going into this, are season, you leaving the team for another D1 organization? I wish, you know, there are times that I wish I could, but I can't because I bleed red and black and that's where my heart is. You're married and, to the dog. And, and I cannot, and, and good, or bad, I cannot leave them. I couldn't leave them in 79. I couldn't leave them through the golf years. I couldn't leave them through the donning years, and I can't leave them now. But I go back to before the season started and spring ball and all this, Fluker was the better of the two shacks, supposedly. Yes. And and I think, I think hopefully, well, I don't know hopefully, but I think this kid is probably smart enough when he saw that our athletic director and head coach were happy with the status quo. He looked and said, man, I got to get the hell out of here because this is a sinking ship and it ain't going to be floating next year on defense. I need to go someplace that knows how to coach defense where I can get a chance to play and hopefully further my career. Wow. Wow, so you're thinking, Shaq, you're thinking it might not have had anything to do with playing time. You think Shaq Fluker's just like, wow, this Athens gig is a little dysfunctional. I need to take my talent somewhere else. Well, I, I think so. And I think if his mindset's like mine, and everybody that listens to the show knows that I think we need wholesale changes. But that's just my, that's my hope and wish. But when this season ended, did I think that Coach Rick was going to get replaced? No. And 
unfortunately or unfortunately, depending on what side of the line you fall on, I don't think Coach Rick is ever going to be replaced. He's going to leave when he wants to leave or retire when he wants to retire. I thought we probably had a 50-50 chance of getting rid of Grantham. And, of course, I was on the 50 side that needed to get his ass out of there. But Mm. the fact that we kept our defensive back coach is just unfathomable to me. How in the world could our athletic director and head coach look at what went on this year and say, we're happy with what happened? Just and, youth. And not youth. Just, it's not young just, players back there. And not just this year. We had we had three DBs last year that got that got shots in the NFL, and we were still porous. I agree. That's, I could not is, agree more. I and, thought and the that the fact that there are no coaching changes at all is absolutely distressing. If if McGarity and Rick think this is how things ought to be, then they are out of their ever-loving minds. Or they're just happy with being mediocre, which brings me to another topic if we're through talking about tech. You know, <laughs> we as we as Georgia fans, and I am one of the worst, consider ourselves one of the elite SEC teams that we need to be talked about with the Alabamas and the Floridas. But, I mean, reality is set in, and, and we're not. We are we're, – we're a little bit above mediocre. Mm, I got to tell you, I think that smacks just a little. And I'm not even saying I disagree with everything you're saying. But I don't agree with everything you're saying either. I mean, you know, you didn't think we were mediocre last year when we played in the SEC championship game against Alabama and we were stung by the, you know, we were four yards short and we gave Nick Saban all he could handle. You just weren't saying that last year. You didn't complain about our defensive back coach. You weren't complaining about Grantham last year. And yes, we had a bad no, year I, on no, defense. No, no, no. You need to go back. You need to go back and listen to the archives. I complained about our defense a lot last year. I know you did. I complained about the fact that we couldn't stop anybody. I'm not. I'm talking year. about the fact. I'm talking and about this mediocre comment this, right and now. And that has carried over this year, Derek. It has been over 30 years I, since I we know. have sniffed a national championship. See, I don't think I can't. I don't think you can say that's true after last year, dude. We did, sniffed a national championship last year. We we did, were did damn we play, sniffing we play, it. Did we play in the game? We no. did not play in the game, but by God, I don't the know what sniffing time, it means. We, but what we were doing in the championship played, game was sniffing. The last time we played in a game for a national championship was the Sugar Bowl. January 1st of 1983. 1983, I I would bet half of our listeners weren't even born then. Listen, I get it, but that doesn't equate mediocre. It just doesn't. I don't think those two things mean mediocre. Would you put us in the same 
would you put us in the in the same group as an Alabama, a Florida, or an Auburn teams that have won or have a chance to win multiple national championships since we have played in a game for one? I can't say that. But throw in LSU. I think they've but, got one. Hell, they may have. They've got two. I, I get everything you're saying, but just because we haven't won a national championship in the past 30 years, 20 years, 10 30, years, hell, 30. Auburn, Auburn's about to possibly win two in the last four years, but before that, it had been a damn long time since Auburn had won a national championship. Like a long time, okay? No, I, I know you're stung, and I know I'll, you're hurting. I'll take a couple. I'll take a couple national championships every twenty years, and and die a happy man. <laughs> I just don't think our. I just don't think we are. A, I just don't think you can call us a mediocre program. I, I just. I. I think that's a little. I think that's think a bridge too do far. You, do you think we're in the top level of the SEC? No. No, I don't think we're in the top level of the SEC, but not being in the top level of the SEC, if you're not in the top level of the SEC, that's not, that does not equate mediocrity, okay? We're I mean, it, I, in my opinion, medi- not. We're a mediocre SEC team. <laughs> uh, how about that Hudson Mason? Throws a catchable ball. And... Yeah, I got to change the topic. I got to do something, right? I got to get you out of this funk. Holy well, crap! No, I, mean, I got to get you out of the I, I, funk. I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in a funk because it, until the, August of they, next year. No, no, and I'll be in a funk then too, and I'll tell you why. Because we have made no changes. I mean, why again? Going back to the definition of insanity, why would anybody think that next year is going to be any better than this year mm. and don't that's what we me, need to record and don't and don't tell me it's because of the youth that we had on defense listen because i'm not going to tell you that go back to to the year before this season when we had what supposedly was the greatest defense that georgia had ever put on the field and we still couldn't stop anybody Listen, I'm not going to tell you that. What I was going to say is, hey, we need to record that and send that to McGarity. What do you, what makes you think our defense is going to be? Everybody universally agrees, everybody, including the head coach and on down, that our defense was the big problem this year. Everybody also agrees. And throw in, and throw in special teams just for good measure. Well, just for good measure. But let's just focus on defense for just a second. You know, defense did not suffer a lot of – we did not have any injuries of note on the defensive side of the ball. So you cannot – I just want somebody like McGarity or Grantham or somebody to say, like you said, tell me what's going to be big and different next year, you know? What's going to be different in our pass defense, you know, our pass rush? Who? What's going to change that's going to make that defense better? There's no answer for that question. I I agree with you wholeheartedly, and that's why I'm depressed and in a funk. Um, and you're still going to be I, lactose intolerant this time oh, next year. I, I, absolutely. I mean, the fact that we the fact that we are just holding the status quo on our coaching staff is 
is basically irresponsible. Well, and you're making a, Hamp Connell's day and, right now. I and it is that. a slap in the face to the to the Bulldog Nation. Because, I agree with that, because, too. Because the athletic, the higher-ups in the athletic department have told us they're happy with the product that they're putting on the field. Oh, my gosh. Hamp Connell just uh, just is, is standing on his feet and cheering right now at every word that's coming out of your mouth. Um, all right. Well, listen, that said, how would you feel about Hudson Mason and Georgia State game for real? No, I, I thought – I thought he played well, especially once he got settled in a little bit. I mean, it was his first start, uh, you know, first time with real speed, you know, going and everything. And, and I think he did well. And I really don't see, other than our offensive line woes, I really don't see a problem on offense next year. Uh, we're going to get most, we're going to get our receivers back. Todd Gurley's coming back. And hopefully, our offensive line will play better than they did this year. Apparently, John Theus realized that, that he just sucked hind tit <laughs> all this year and, and said that he needed to improve. John Theus is like, you know what? I'm going to start working hard. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really like focus on this football thing. And, you know, hopefully that'll happen. And, and, I mean, one thing that was amazing to me, watching the SEC championship game, which was not a great defensive struggle, mind you, at all. But we pretty much recruit the same areas that Auburn does. Uh, you know, Auburn gets a lot of their players out of Georgia. They Probably 50% of the players on their team are from Georgia. And unless their offensive linemen are all born and bred right there in Auburn, Alabama – I would I would have thought we would have had a shot at him too. And those guys were great. I mean, that was the kind of offensive show that I loved because they lined up and they said, we're going to run it at you. We're going to run it to the right. We're going to run it to the left. And we are so much better than you running the ball and blocking. You can't stop us. I mean, they had – what did that take back to? I, I think he carried the ball. I know he went over 300 yards, mm-hmm. and I think he carried the ball 39 times. Trey and I Mason never saw, or Trey, whatever his name is. And I never saw him wave his hand needing to come out. Well, I'll tell you this. I don't think it has to do with the players they recruit. I think you're missing the point. I think the point oh, is no, I'm, I, those I, guys are getting better instruction I, once they I get think, to damn college. Getting, I think they're getting much better coached. And, and again, I go back – to what John Wooden said that I quoted in one of our shows this season, you players play as well as they're coached. Mm-hmm. And that's our problem. And that's why I am in the funk that I am. Because players do play as well as they are coached, and I am not happy with the way our players play. Well, there you go, guys. You had to wait a month to hear that. That's our Georgia Tech postgame show. <laughs> guys, let me apologize real quick for the tardiness of this show. I appreciate all the feedback and the calls and stuff we got. And just so you guys know, you already probably already knew, I had to leave like the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. And I pretty much was on the road from the day after Thanksgiving until December 15th. 
and that was why we couldn't do the show. That's why we weren't able to do the post game show, and, um, and that's why we're just a, now and getting to it. And I was in it. a dog piss coma for two weeks. Yeah, old dog was in a damn coma because because a glorified high school team took us to double overtime, and uh, I was on the road. Just and just so you know, guys, if it makes you if you want to think you want to talk about freaking out, the first. Update, because I was working, actually, during the Georgia-Georgia State game, and I was in California, so I was, like, on California time for that little bit. The uh, first update I got, the very first update I got, was the halftime score. If if you want to know what, like, freaking out and pressure, I'm like, holy crap. My kids were texting me, and I picked up my phone, and it was like, Dad, we're getting killed. It's 20 to nothing. I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, dude, that was not a happy day for me. But uh, I was glad to get the win. As I know you were, old dog, we were happy with the any, win. Anytime the Bulldogs win, I am excited. And, and don't, I don't want our listeners to think I don't want us to win because I do. I don't want any of our listeners to think that I don't cheer for the Bulldogs and and live and die with their wins and losses because I do. And I don't want anyone to think that I don't want to just beat the hell out of Nebraska at 12 p.m. on New Year's Day in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Again, what an honor it is for our program to again be playing in another prestigious New Year's Day Bowl in Florida. Oh, yeah. And that reminds me of a couple extra things. So I'm back now. I actually have the whole week off for Christmas. I'm really excited about that. But uh, we're, this is not the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl pregame show. We are going to do another show where we talk just about Nebraska and Polini and his ties to the SEC and all that cool stuff. And he's on the hot seat and he's underperforming. You know, we're going to talk about all that. That is not this show, though. We're going to do that show a week from today. Today is Sunday. It's the no, Sunday before this show Christmas. was to talk about us underperforming. Next show will be us talking about <laughs> another team underperforming. And how those two teams are going to meet on New Year's Day at noon in, in the, beautiful, in the, sunny, and warm, and exotic, tropical paradise and another Jacksonville, Florida. And another prestigious January 1st bowl game. Mm-hmm. Which which brings it up real quick, and I won't, I mean, the one thing the BCS has done and it's going to continue to do, it has rendered all bowl games except for one just absolutely, totally meaningless except to their fan bases. And next year, there are going to be three games that mean something, and I fervently hope that we are playing in two of them. I'll tell you this, if you look at those... Um if you look at those, you know, think about the four-game playoff, you know, what they're talking about for next year. If you applied those rules to this year, you would have nothing. We still wouldn't be playing it. Well, no, yes, I would, but that's not my point here. My okay. point is the four-game playoff would have not made people feel better this year 
than the, than the BCS has made people feel in the past. I'm telling you, if you think for a second that the four game playoff is like the end game, you are you're you are not up to snuff on college football right now, buddy. Because the four game playoff is just it's kind of like Obamacare, you know? It's a baby step to the to the larger end game of then the eight game playoff and then the ten game playoff and then the sixteen game playoff we're headed somewhere oh, that's going when to be said, bigger when than you four said games. obamacare i thought you meant it was going to cost me a lot of money and i was going to get less <laughs> well that that remains to be seen what i mean i'm talking about the baby steps function though the well, four yeah, games and, the four game pool ain't gonna live very long no i think it'll probably end up maybe being eight but again this is the first and, and a lot of times it does work out. And, and thank heavens Michigan State stepped up and, and beat Ohio State and just showed them for the, for the team that they are, which oh, I mean, believe is a, is a team that has not beat a top 10 team since 2006. You mean and Ohio State, talk- the, the team that had played, what, 25 games in a row and won 25 games in a row. And, and on the 26th game, they played the very first top 15 team they'd played in the entire run and guess what <laughs> they got their ass handed they got their ass beat and let's hope let's hope that our friends from Clemson find it in in their hearts to go ahead and beat them let's hope Clemson goes into to this orange bowl like they did the Chick-fil-A bowl last year thinking this was a chance to prove themselves and just just lay wood to Ohio State. I damn sure hope they go into it with a better attitude than they did the last time they went into the Orange Bowl. That's right. When Kevin another, Steele's defense another, gave up 10 touchdowns. 70-some-odd 70, 70 <laughs> points. To, I still, I still can't say that with a, with a straight face. No. 10 touchdowns. Wow. It was not a, it was not a good showing. So All right. Like I say, but I mean, and, and that's really what boils down to bowl games because so much of college football is emotion and really our bowl game and every bowl game that's going to be played. It's really going to be the team that comes in and isn't disappointed that they're there. Right. All right. Well, listen. We are going to do a bowl game pregame show. The Dogcast intern is hard at work on some notes about Nebraska. And I'll tell you, old dog, we might even have the Dogcast intern as a reward. This is like his, you know, because it's an unpaid internship. It, it does offer college credit, but it is an unpaid internship. But as a little reward for his year end, uh, for, for his all of his hard work here in the bunker, the Dogcast intern going to be on the show next week. Oh, man, that's huge. It, it's huge for him. I mean, the youngster, the youngster's been working. He's been, he's been researching. You know, he's been working his little fingers to the bone. He's back there typing on an IBM Selectric typewriter. He, we, yeah, cause that's the highest tech stuff we have here in the bunker. So he has to type up his notes on an IBM typewriter. And as a reward for him, going to be on the show next week. I so mean, what tune could, in. What could be better? Tune in if you way. want to hear the Dogcast intern in real live person. What a great way to go into the new year. So, a couple more things, though. Now, let's talk about the pool, old dog. You know, oh, the pool's a big deal. Uh, oh, there's no doubt about it. Now, uh, Unfortunately, this season, the pool's probably the most exciting thing we've had. 
Let's talk about first. There's lots of pool winners, okay? So for the last week of the regular season, because we do a prize every week, the last week of the regular season it was North Carolina Dog. NC Dog was the la- was the winner of the last week that the pool was actually truly operational, okay? Now, I want to say this, too. I've gotten a lot of negative feedback uh, from listeners about the inclusion of NFL games. I kind of thought that just adding some NFL games, you know, two or three a week might be like a, a fun thing. But evidently, I was in the minority on that. So, next year, no NFL games. It's going to be back oh, to what it year. was, pure college. Now, the winner of our little Arkansas pool was Lee Mitchell. I just want to get his name out there. C. Lee Mitchell, big winner of the Arkansas subdivision of the greater Dogcast pool. But the winner of the overall pool for the whole year, man, I need the Dogcast intern. Uh, can I get a drum roll, Dogcast intern? No, we don't have that sound effect. Okay, hold on. Drum roll. Ridley Scott, 98. No, Richie wow. Scott. Ridley Scott, I think, is actually a movie director. Richie Scott. So. <laughs> Richie Scott, 98, was the pool winner for the year. So he actually gets the super special prize, Richie Scott 98. If you send me your address, you get the prize winner, the prize of the year for the whole big pool. So I don't even know what that's going to be yet. Maybe, um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a shirt or I, I don't know. I'll find something good. Something really good. Now, old dog. Speaking yeah. of swag, because this is a year in show, it's the last show before Christmas. I was going to do a Christmas special, but I couldn't get in time. But we've got the Gator Bowl coming up. And you know where the Gator Bowl is played, well, well, right? Well, it's the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. We're, oh, yeah. We're tax not going to get our money if we don't keep saying Tax Slayer. Tax Slayer. Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. You know where that's played at, right? Jacksonville. Jacksonville. That's why they call it the Gator Bowl. Everbank Field. And guess what? I have some Everbank Field Stadium Cups. Oh, man. For sale. Oh. <laughs> Can't you, I know. If, if I ordered some now, could I have them in time for the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl to be played January 1, a prestigious day, to have your bowl game played at 12 p.m.? You could, old dog. In oh, fact, man. if you order... Within the next 72 hours, or, hell, let's say 96 hours. I'm going out on a limb here. I guarantee New Year's Day delivery. You will have a Jacksonville Stadium Cup in your hand for drinking of the dog piss on New Year's Day. And what could be better when you're watching a game in the Gator Bowl than sitting at your hot little house wherever you might be, drinking out of a Gator Bowl cup. Man, it doesn't yes. get any it doesn't get any better than that. So there you are in your home watching your beloved Georgia Bulldogs play in yet another prestigious January first bowl game. <laughs> the Tag Slayer Gator Bowl. And you're drinking out of a Gator Bowl cup. If that's you, if you're interested in that, let me tell you, have I got a deal for you, buddy. Because right now, until I run out, which will be about 
20 cups from now, cups, and I hate to say this because this is going to piss off a bunch of people, but I'm just feeling it. Two for one, old dog. Two oh, wow. for one. Oh, my gosh. It's like so Home Shopping so Network. Basically, the, the first ten people to call in are going to get their <laughs> right. cups. But here's the deal now, because you're not going to get two Gator Bowl cups. You'll get one Gator Bowl cup and one regular Georgia Stadium cup. So wow. I've got about – the first 20 people will get two cups. That's basically it. Two for one or four for two. I mean, if you're feeling Man. froggy, you could get six for three. How about three for five? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Wait, you, three for five? You mean five for three. You could yeah, get I five for three, but not three for five. Well, okay. You could get – if you pay for five and only want three cups, you can we'll get – you, you can do that. Um, but anyway, guys, cups are two for one. So if you order a cup off of the website at dogcast.com, you will get two automatically until I run out. And if I run out, I'll just send your money back. So if you, if you're the 21st guy and you're like, holy crap, I hope I get a Gator Bowl cup and there aren't any more, I'll just refund your money. And then that way you'll know. or Or just consider it a donation to the show. Well, that's true, but I don't I don't want to make that determination for no. them. Of course, if you just want to donate, we're always taking donations. But guys, that's going to wrap up the show. Cups are two for one from now until the Gator Bowl because I got to sell some cups because this is it, right? I mean, who cares? Nobody's going to care about 2013 cups next year. So everything must go. Year in sale. <laughs> we're clearing Total out clearance. the bunker. Guys, Total thanks clearance. for listening. And, and we have not, and we have not been infiltrated like target was no so feel feel free to use your paypal send us your credit card information your credit card information is totally safe i keep it on some super 8 magnetic tape over here in my filing cabinet it's totally safe there are no russian mobsters going to steal your credit card numbers or anything like that totally safe totally secure feel free cups are buy one get one free everybody who orders a cup gets one of each and if you want them autographed, just tell me in the notes or something where it says special notes. Me and Old Dog will autograph them, complete with a silver Sharpie. We're getting pretty good at writing on the cups. Yes, so, indeed. Um, and, and I have one special request to all of our listeners. Bring it. Because, because Christmas is, is the time of miracles. And, and I would like all of our listeners on Christmas Eve at let's say 9.30 p.m., to gather with their loved ones and family, drop to their knees, and pray to the Lord, whichever whichever God you may want to pray for, because I do want to be politically correct. You really? That, that some NFL team has gotten so excited about the way our defense have played that they have to have the entire defensive coaching staff and that they leave. Of their own accord. You mean like the Dallas Cowboys might want Todd Grantham? Quite, quite possibly. As their and, DC, and and they would take they would take Scott Lactose with them and Ken Olavadotti, although I think he does okay. But I mean, just uh, that's that would be one of the greatest Christmas miracles ever. <laughs> that would be almost as good as Tiny Tim growing another leg. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dog fans, on that note, we're out of here. Join us one week from today as we do a Tax Slayer Gator Bowl pregame show. Remember, cups are buy one, get one free. I can't promise Christmas delivery, obviously, but I do absolutely promise Gator Bowl delivery. And for those of you guys, I know some of you guys have bought cups here in the past week or whatever. They're coming. They're already in the pipe. You should have them before Christmas. So thanks for ordering. We appreciate selling cups. Keeps the show on the air. Donations also keep the show on the air. <laughs> Just going to say, guys, we hope you have a Merry Christmas, um, a Happy Holiday, a great New Year. And we really appreciate the feedback and the support. We're glad you guys love the show. We love the emails. We love the phone calls. We love the PayPal money you send in. We love how you support us. And um, and, and whether you agree with us or not, please let us know. We love feedback. We love interaction. I love it when you hate me. I love it when you love me. I don't care. I really don't care. Um, but the one, the one thing, whether you agree with us or not, the one thing that we all have in common is we love the University of Georgia and we love the Georgia Bulldogs. Roger that. And on that note, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, go dogs. 